most advanced recruiting techniques, land the most desirable talent, launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Tales of disastrous interviews. So in honor of Halloween, we are sharing interview horror stories. We've all heard campfire stories of crazy interviews and even a scary hire or two. We're going to help you identify the crazy on both sides of the coin and help you avoid a tragic nightmare. So today is all about how to not get hired and how to have somebody (laughs) not accept your job offer. All right. uh, Today's quote, if God treats you well by teaching you a disastrous lesson, you'll never forget it. And that was our friend Ray Bradbury. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes. We identify a specific problem and provide proven tactical solutions to help your company win the right hire. We share insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Ms. Leilani Kure. She's the founder and CEO of Be The Change HR. Leilani has a fiery passion for both human resources and philanthropy. She believes people are a company's most valuable asset and they should be cared for as such, not only to uh, on a level where the business truly cares about a quantifiable basis, where we measure the effectiveness of programs we put into place to foster a healthy work environment. That was a tongue twister for me today. (laughs) So Be The Change HR is a conscious company and social enterprise and provides Fractional HR, executive support, strategy, and service to businesses from pre-hire, post-term, and everything else that happens in between. So you have a quote, too. and I, I do. Why, why don't you tell us your quote real quick? My quote is, be the change you wish to see in the world. And that is Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> yep, she's doing this, that. I just told you a lot. Right, which makes Leilani a perfect expert for today's topic. Leilani, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm all hopped up on Red Bull right now. And it's like, <laughs> woo, I haven't had a Red Bull in a long time. All right, so today we're going to cover, in honor of Halloween, scary things people do in interviews, both parties, by the way. And we're going to talk about what scares people away from your company, and we're going to teach you how to avoid your own horror stories, which if you haven't made one, you probably will. Let's get started with when it comes to interviewing, what do we do wrong? So do you want me to talk about my my crazy story? Oh, I want to get to the crazy story in a little minute, a minute, though, but let's kind of set it up with, you know, maybe some of the warning signs. Oh, yeah. You know, that yeah. you're going to have a bad upcoming interview. So let's start with the first interaction with people. I am a huge stickler when it comes to spelling and it comes to being on time. So I have seen resumes, which is it's perfect for today's show, that have said instead of customer experience, it says costumer experience. So if you can't see me right now, Facebook Live can. I actually have a costume on. <laughs> but I don't think they mean costumer experience. And so I see things like that. I also one time came across two resumes that both use the term fast paced, but like like glue, like paste. <laughs> and so even though, you know, you, you hit spell check, like you need to make sure that you actually read through it. Or have somebody else at least check it over. Yeah, someone needs to read through it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is um, I'm huge about people being on time, like be five minutes early. So if you don't call and you show up 10 minutes late and you're like, hey, I'm here for my interview. It's like, no. You're not going to get the interview. You should have called. Like you should have said something. One hundred percent. Yeah. I've always had the uh, the idea that if you're not ten minutes early, you're you're dead to me. Yeah. 
it's true. In a way. I mean, if somebody calls and they're running late, then that, that's totally acceptable. But yeah. just showing up. I've had people show up to an interview 45 minutes late. Really? And then expect that we're going to continue the interview. I mean, that's life, though. Like, be on time. Be early. Like, that's all. It's half the battle. Show up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the other thing that drives me absolutely insane, and, and it comes from someone who's an asthmatic, is cologne or perfume. I'm an asthmatic, too. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, high five. We, we don't breathe together. Yeah. So when someone comes in, um, what's like a really heavy men's cologne? Like Dracar? Probably. No. Don't uh, like just, you know, shower, smell decent, but don't come drenched in some type of perfume or cologne because I won't be able to focus on you. My eyes will be burning and I will be reaching for my inhaler. I think whenever that happens, you're actually setting up kind of bias in a way. You're, you're setting up whatever... Whatever your personal issues are with it or anybody else in the interview process, right. you're not giving yourself a leg up. Right. You're kind of killing yourself in that interview mm-hmm. process. I have a couple other kind of warning signs. Tell like, me about them. That might be um, interesting. And this is on the company side. If you're a person interviewing in a company and it's just completely discombobulated or not structured, or you get a lot of rescheduling to mm. set up just even a phone conversation, mm-hmm. that kills your credibility of, of your company. Right. If you set something up, just not showing up, mm-hmm. totally unacceptable. It goes both ways because you're accountable to be, to be present for that person as well. And so I would think someone would think if they didn't do that, well, what would it be like to work there? Would you take priority or not? Would someone constantly reschedule on you? It's important to be present for that person and, and have the company commit as well. Um, we're in a market too where really it's a candidate's market. It's not mm-hmm. a company market. And I think a lot of companies seem to think that we're amazing and people should just want to work for us. Mm-hmm. But there's also another like a hundred other amazing people should want to work for us companies that are out there too. Right. So you're competing against all of those. And you really have to set yourself aside. And big picture, it's all about like the the whole experience, right? So the employee experience from the minute that they see that ad or they interview all the way into when they onboard and then they're in the company, it should start off on the right foot from the very beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you should treat everybody like you went out and actively recruited them Mm -hmm. or they're an employee referral. Yeah. Because there's a difference in how those people are treated. Yeah. Somebody gets referred in from somebody who's within the company. It's a different experience most of the time. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this was referred in by Jim. Jim says he's great. Who? let's just fast track him. That happens a ton too. Mm-hmm. You mentioned stories. So this is an episode <laughs> we're going to talk about stories. So let's talk about some of your stories because you and I talked on the phone and you shared some great stories. Yes. So let's talk about one of them in particular. Uh, Mr. Uh, Schwain Schweiley, we have changed his name to protect his identity. Actually, we've changed his name to protect me in this whole situation. Um, Schwain Schweiley. Schwain Schweiley. We're going to call him Schwain. This kind of reminds me of Schwain's world. <laughs> Schwain's world. <laughs> there was no partying involved. This is quite the opposite. This is this is a true horror story. Like there's to me, there's nothing funny about this. Um, and so you were laughing about it. I mean, what? Do you, okay, well, I'll tell everyone so they can. They can make the judgment call on their own. So we were recruiting for an accounting manager. And we had people coming in. And Schwain had come in. He had given a decent interview. No red flags. You know, it was kind of quirky, but otherwise seemed pretty normal, right? He wasn't the right person. And we ended up promoting from within. 
And I sent out one of those quintessential rejection letters. I even think like I sugar it up a little bit more than people do. It's something like, we humbly thank you for your interest. We know that you take time out of your day to spend time with us, and we appreciate that. But we've decided to promote from within, and you can't be mad at that, right? So if we see anything in the future that will match your skill set, all that whole thing, you know, we'll reach out. And I get a series of letters back, and I actually found one. I ended up forwarding this to my sister and telling her like what is going on so you don't I, have to share it but are you, you sure can just give a suggestion unless you want to are I you mean, sure like, sure let me nightmare, go for i it. won't read the whole thing facebook all right Live, pick out can, pick out can the dirty parts this, this is this is all caps here okay so the end of this the end of this email is all caps um he ends it with get a life please you dumb as hell woman let me repeat get a life please you dumb as hell woman dates times etc don't mean a damn thing with like 12 exclamation points. What does and, that mean? And then he says, you're a flosser, Leilani. And then in parentheses, because I'm dumb, he explains to me that is similar to fugly. And so in, <laughs> what? <laughs> but what's scary about this email oh is my God. he says crazy stuff. To, like, in addition, when you tell someone that, that they should probably kill themselves if they cannot cope with your disinterest in them and you attempt to keep their agenda going, then I know you are. This letter was just littered with the insulting me. And are you sure that person's not sick? That's not Looking normal. back, I think... Um, There's some major issues there. I think there may be some schizophrenia involved or something that had happened. But this email came through and two others came through. Some of the insults were re really sexual in nature. And I didn't do anything until the third because by that time I was getting very upset. And I worked for a company that had a director of security. And so when he found out about it, he's like, we're going to the police. The office is going on lockdown. His picture went up everywhere and they called our attorney. And it took that many times for me to real And me and HR, like I didn't think about it. And you should probably have done danger. that the first time, right? Yeah. First email? The first time around. Yeah. Not This was over the course of how many days? A week. Okay. Um, he had CC'd some other people, and so I reached out to one of them, and he was doing the same thing to another woman. But instead of it being sexually charged, it was racially charged. He was using, like, the N-word and stuff with her. And we realized we're dealing with someone who isn't healthy. Yeah. So you got to report it. You got to protect yourself right away. Yeah. But we didn't do that. That's, like, <laughs> such a nightmare, right? Yeah. It, it was really a nightmare. And it's not until we went to the police, I was like, oh, this is serious. And there's, for me, there was no red flag. I guess people are crazy, right? I mean, I bet you, I bet you there was some red flag somewhere in there prior to you bringing that person in for an interview that maybe you could have picked up on I had, the phone screen. I had one internally where I thought he was a bit off, but then I'm an HR professional, so we try not to judge people, right? <laughs> oh, I try and judge people all the time. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, because I'm trying to fill people into the culture of the company. Mm. And even though you're an HR person or a recruiter, mm -hmm. it's your job to make sure you're bringing the right people in the company. It comes back on us every yeah. time if it's wrong. I'm super judgy. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think there's some type of like testing mechanism that could have found this prior to? Oh, yeah. In like an assessment or? Yeah, you can do it in a phone screen. I, you know what, though? I want to defer to that in a few minutes when we talk about the solutions for it. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you've got crazy. You can identify that in the screening phase. Usually what ends up happening is, is your phone screens are like five minutes long. Mm -hmm. Hey, does this person have the skills? Let's just set them up and bring them in for an interview. And I think that's when you get those scenarios. Right. Yeah. We did a phone screen. 
which was the what? T- quick 10, 15 minute, like, yeah. you know. Do you have four years of this and five years of that? Yeah, and, yeah, a little bit. And I'm really a fan of the tell me about you and your career and let people just run with whatever they want to say. So that was my format. So I'm a big fan of I want to find out what's going on with that person first. So mm-hmm. I, I focus in on their pain, their desire, and their impact. Hmm. And those three things I use as a benchmark to, and I ask behavioral questions to dig into that and gain an understanding of who they are as a person. Right. I'll tell you, all kinds of crazy comes out of that. I, I just had somebody that I recruited a few weeks ago that I did not present to one of my clients. Who <laughs> everybody around this person was an issue, but that person was never oh. an issue. Right. So when you started getting into when you started getting into the nitty gritty and the details of why did you leave this job? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there was four people over there that didn't like me and they had it in for me. It was just when, when there's patterns like that, it's obvious that that person's the problem and not everybody else around them. Yeah. All right. So we've got the Schwain 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 <laughs> All right. Any other stories that are kind of interesting? They raise your eyebrow and go, mm, okay, yeah. here's something you can avoid. I'm working at a company and have an employee who comes into my office all the way from Lancaster to Anaheim to tell me something. Right? I have to talk to you. Okay. So he sits down and he says, my truck was stolen. This is a construction company. We so this is somebody who's already employed. Already employed. Okay. My truck was stolen. Oh, that's terrible. Did you call the police? Yes. Where was the truck? Oh, it was in the front of our house. We had a party that night. Maybe someone stole it there. You know, regular questions. Then the next day, I get a phone call from a tow yard saying that same employee wanted to get to the truck to get his tools out of the truck. So you think, how do you know that the truck is in a tow yard if it was stolen? Right. So I pull him back into the office and I was like, hey, we'll call him Josh. Hey, Josh. Uh. You got to come clean. Was the truck really stolen? Like, you have to tell me what was going on. No, it was stolen. You can tell when someone internally has that, like, fear response. As soon as I asked him the question, I knew he was, he was lying. Subsequently, the next day, he had a family emergency in Ohio and had to quit his job, take a bus, and leave. Hmm. Okay, right? Okay. Strange. Two days after that, we get the police who call. And we get the full story with the police report. And here's what happened. Josh took the truck out at night, got very drunk, offered to take two people from the bar home, and somehow in this drunken process got this huge truck stuck on train tracks. Whether he was too drunk to push it off the train tracks because it broke down or he thought that was a parking spot, he left it there. (laughs) And early that morning, it got hit by a Union Pacific train. And that's what happened. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsor. Find out how healing a person's pain points attracts amazing people to your company. Sign up for our passive talent workshops and webinars at stridesearch.com. Our guest today is Leilani Kare. She's the founder and CEO of Be The Change HR, which is very zenish. we're talking about spooky and disastrous interviews and hires actually so don't hire anybody who drives a truck who parks it leaves it on a train track then right there's a whole pre-story to this oh gosh here we go right go for it so construction company always ran background checks on everybody they forgot to do one on him they did one on him and rap sheet really yeah and so i am listen everyone deserves a chance But sometimes there's things in people's past that are a direct conflict with the job. 
And in those situations, we try to argue, well, maybe they shouldn't be hired. And this was one of those situations. And then there we were four months later with uh, Union Pacific train totaling one of our trucks because of Oh, it was one of your one of your work trucks. Yeah. Oh, it was owned by you guys. I thought it was his truck. No, it was a fleet truck for the company. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Got, gotta you know? love Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're listening, Josh. That was a terrible thing to do. Also, you probably shouldn't be drinking. All right. So what are the lessons that we, we can take away from Schwain Schwiley? Well, I think you you touched upon it earlier, right? Perhaps there could have been a better phone screening process so this person didn't end up in front of me in the office and then subsequently sending me crazy emails. That stuff's going to come out. The challenge that a lot of people have is that there's such a push to get people in for interviews Mm -hmm. that they don't spend the time up front talking to people. Yeah. They'll run through the brief skills background and just go, okay, you have this, it checks all the boxes, let's move forward. Mm -hmm. And I think it has to do with the fact that usually there's so many people that apply for jobs and you have to keep in mind that your company's best interest is the most important thing. And by doing that, you just need to invest a bit of time to make sure that those people are the right people. Yeah. And a lot of times there's a rush, right? You know, whoever, hiring manager, owners, like, we need them right away. We need to slow down. If hiring managers can just get it through their mind, and this is a lot of the work that I do a lot of times with hiring managers. Hey, look at, I'm only going to submit a few people to you. I'm going to weed through everybody and you're only going to see like three to five people for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save your time rather than here's a hundred resumes. What do you think? And letting them make the call. There's going to be bad judgment calls across the board almost every time when you do that. Mm-hmm. But there's also stuff you can't control, right? So let's say we did all this and this, we did everything we thought right and this still yeah. happened. It's like, well, what do you do then? And I think it's... Well, act on it fast. Like yeah. you did. Yeah. I think we could have done it a lot sooner. At first, it was like sort of giggling, laughing about like, oh, how crazy. And then all of a sudden, it became very serious with the things he was saying and should have said something sooner. And it's funny because I'm not a me, right? So if it were me and someone else was saying that to me, I would probably would have done it. But maybe I'm, you know, I have, I don't see that for myself. Oh, I'm fine. Like, this is not a serious situation when it really was. Well, it's so easy too to internet. People troll all the time, right? Yeah. It's so easy behind a computer to write really hateful, terrible things. Yeah. Whether you meet them or not, like that's, it's way too easy to do. Yeah. All right. We need to pay attention to what, like the frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Also, over assertiveness or over aggressiveness is something that in a phone screen you can look for as well. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, let's talk about what companies do that scare away candidates. And I think that that has to do with, again, starting with the phone screen, the diligence that you put into the phone screen. Mm-hmm. It's either really common, which is not going to impress anybody to want to work for your company. If you're looking to it as a screening tool, you're going to do a much better job of getting a higher quality person into the role. Right. And so companies and entrepreneurs just need to take the time to think about these things. Super important. And then, of course, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of skills-based hiring, which is what most people do. Well, you have all the skills we need. Let's bring you in. It's all about cultural fit, right? It is. Yeah. It is today. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. If you hire based on skills, you put the wrong person in there, it destroys the culture. And it takes a long time for your company to recover from that sometimes. Yeah. If you would have hired that guy, I mean, just think of all the problems that could have I can't even happen. Imagine. Yeah. Hired him, he went crazy, and then like mm-hmm. you guys had to get rid of him. Then what? Yeah. I actually, from me interviewing, I have a couple times where it was a technical question, and when not answered correctly, it was scoffed at. And I thought, but that's the kind of stuff I can look up. Like that, it doesn't matter if I need to know how many hours someone qualifies for FMLA worked in a year. 
and kind of like give me an example like what's a question somebody's that was it like how many hours does someone have to work in a year in order to qualify for fmla and i I was like oh my gosh 1200 1250 i couldn't remember they told me well how do you not know that well because i can look it up this is not something (laughs) i necessarily (laughs) google.com i don't need it always on the on the you know top of my brain and there was another time i went to a panel interview and it was spelling I had to spell words and difficult ones. And I thought, this is not my skill set. First of all, you're not hiring me to you, be an you editor. You went to a spelling bee? I went to a spelling bee with five people staring at me, asking me. It was for an ambulance company asking me um, how to spell certain things. And I thought, this is very off-putting. Wait, what is FMI? Oh, the Family Medical Leave Act. Okay. kind of knew that, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so things like that. And then yeah. to what you're talking about, culture. When I talk to my clients about it's time to interview, I strongly encourage them to ask more cultural questions than anything, things that fall in line with what the company does. If you're a health company, ask somebody, hey, like, what do you do to keep your health up or something like that? Um, so that way you can see, are they attuned to your culture? Is that something that they care about and they're passionate about so they'll they'll make a, a better fit? People who share the same values are going to be stronger performers because yeah. they're going to buy in. They're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So digging back to what you were asking me about what we were talking about earlier, the pain, desire, and impact. I'm a big proponent of behavioral questions mm-hmm. because I think that they surface a lot of really good in-depth information as to who that person is. So whenever you're in an interview, I know you don't want to be personal, but you want to be able to understand whether or not that person is going to bring value to your organization or not. Right. And a lot of this stuff comes out in behavioral interviewing. Which, I mean, the idea is your car's not working. You're going to lift up the hood and like check out the engine to see what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So why not do that in the interview process? Because what we're doing is we're looking at it like, ooh, he worked at this company and he's got five years of this. Shiny new toy. Let's hire him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or her, right? Uh-huh. It doesn't bode well most of the time. So if you've made bad hires in the past, you've made them because you were all enamored by that shiny new toy. Mm-hmm. You ever seen those kit cars where like it's a really cool looking kit car and you open up the hood and it's like a VW bug engine or something like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes like zero <laughs> to 60 in like 24 minutes. <laughs> That's funny. So what would you say would be like your favorite general behavioral-based interview question? Okay. So in the phone screen, I have three points that I like to understand on a person, what their pain, their desire, and their impact are. So I mentioned those. Pain is what's going on in their current role that has them open to looking at something new. Mm. And that's where you dig into and you find out whether or not they're the problem or their company's a problem. And you can see that based on the patterns of how often they job hop and all that good stuff. So understanding that, and again, I just dig into what's happening in their current role that has them open to hearing about something potentially stronger. And then I ask a lot of why. Mm. My favorite question to follow up with, well, why? Or explain that to me, or how does that work? Because the more I get them talking, the more they're going to trust me, and the more they're going to open up and just tell me more and more. And just once you open those floodgates, you don't even have to ask any more questions other than why, and then they just keep spewing out information. The desire is where they vision their most successful role being. So if they're telling me where they're going to be successful before I share anything about the company with them, then I can gain an understanding of whether or not my company is going to fit their values. And then the impact is I want to know how good somebody is. Hmm. So I have them walk me through a project they worked on that was actually impactful above and beyond their job. So those are the three things that I do in a phone screen that really give me an idea of whether or not I should present somebody to a higher manager. That's awesome. Those are great questions. Yeah. 
You can have them. Thank you. Yeah. So I don't encounter another Schwein Schweili in the future. (laughs) Good old Schwein. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) All right. So anything else you want to add to this? Like takeaways of of these two situations? With um, the Josh uh, truck situation, again, people deserve a chance, right? Agreed. But... There are things in someone's background um, that might not make them a great hire. I always do the example of like, you wouldn't hire a CFO who has a criminal history of embezzlement. That doesn't make any sense. No. No. But let's say he has a DUI. Does that mean that he's not a great CFO? Well, I think there's law in and around that that basically right. says that you you can't check background unless you have done a conditional offer of employment Correct. first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so offer employment and background check. So with um with this one, it was a rap sheet and it was things that we wouldn't necessarily hire when these Dri- driving rap sheet. Well, if you got somebody who's driving too. your truck, then yes. Yeah, there was sure. that. But there was um, theft and these gentlemen were around a lot of expensive equipment. So a lot of theft and a lot of violence. Oh, right. Probably not. Not just hired. one. But a lot. And so it was like, well, I know him, you know, it's somebody's buddy. Like, let's give him a chance. And I was like, okay. But with our current rules around how we look at background checks, he doesn't qualify. And he was going to be a driver. So all this, it doesn't make sense. And so with that, it's like, okay. Stop looking the other way. Yeah. And this puts us at risk because he's what we call a negligent hire. So if the insurance company looked into it further, if we were sued further, it's like, well, you knew his background. Thank goodness this train wasn't one of the commuter trains. It was the big heavy-duty Union Pacific one. Otherwise, I would have liked been... to have seen that. That would have been cool. Sorry, I like, the... <laughs> I like watching things be blown up. <laughs> I only see that in movies. Um, All right, what would be three takeaways that you'd want to leave the audience with? So background checks are important, like yep. I just said. I think it's, it's really key that you look into someone's history and that you make sure that they are appropriate, their background is appropriate for the hire. The other thing is uh, you got to watch out for warning signs in the very beginning. Like you had said, like if I hired you, him. you have to look for him. if I hired you, this wouldn't happen is what I'm hearing. Damn right. It wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I, yeah. a better process in the beginning, right? With, yeah. the, with the phone screen. Phone screens are very important. Yeah. It's, they're so telling. Yeah. And people rush through them. And then what would be your third and final most important takeaway? Uh, sometimes shit just happens. Right. So <laughs> sometimes it just happens and, and it's uh, important to take swift action if you feel like you are in danger, especially in this climate right now. With, Absolutely. With workplace violence and what we have going on, it, you know, if you think something's slightly off, take action right away. Leilani, we're just about out of time for today's show. Thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. <laughs> Thank you. I know that uh, some of the members of our community, how do they reach you? Okay, so um, you can reach me at email, Leilani, L-E-I-L-A-N-I at be the change, HR.org. If you like Instagram and you like inspiration, at be the change HR, follow us there. Same thing on Facebook. And then, of course, website would be bethechangehr.org. All right, perfect. Well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening, and we welcome your feedback after all the shows for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Hire. That's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O, dot com. Obviously, we're not a religious show, even though... You know, we are somewhat religious in the beginning with our quote. <laughs> you can drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com as well. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Amy Arenz. Amy is the founder and CEO of Concerto Search Partners. Um, I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.
Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest. Higher. Let's face it, not all company challenges are the same, which is why strategic market intelligence can help identify the actionable information you need to be more competitive. Gain a better understanding of your brand, competition, best prospects, or new product opportunities to generate greater revenues in 2015. Call 949-357-9547 or visit www.strategicmarketintelligence.com. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. Every other dollar you spend on the card. Then start choosing from over a million.